the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome. You are listening to Hope and Faith Ministry, a broadcast of the historic People's Baptist Church in Boston, New England's oldest African-American church. Hope and Faith Ministry features the inspirational sermons of my father, Dr. Wesley Roberts, Senior Pastor at People's Baptist Church. We're so glad you're here. Dr. Roberts has a powerful message of hope and love for your life and mine. Now enjoy this broadcast of Hope and Faith Ministry, brought to you from People's Baptist Church of Boston. The title of the message today is, Love is Respectful. Love is Respectful. The outline can be found in pages 8 and 9 of your bulletin. We live in a society where civility is at an all-time low. Common courtesy isn't so common anymore. It seems that respect for one another is becoming a thing of the past. But the Bible makes it clear that respect is one of those values that is necessary for life and for living in a civil society. The Bible is very specific about this. It says we are to respect our parents. We are to respect people in authority. We are to respect people in church leadership. We are to respect our employers our spouses, and indeed, everyone. There's no exception here. And so 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 17 says, Show respect for everyone and love your Christian brothers and sisters. We all want to be respected. We want other people to treat us with dignity and honor. Respect is one of those topics we talk about And it's a word we use a lot, but have we given any thought to what the word respect really means? Let me give you a simple definition. Respect is to feel or show high regard for or to value highly, to have a regard for others and their feelings. When you respect someone, you care about how you make them feel and you treat them better. Do people feel better or worse after they have been with you? Do they feel inspired, valued, and respected? Or do they feel worse, diminished, or unappreciated? This is one way to know whether you are a respectful person. Now, Jesus was absolutely the best in showing respect and love to other people. People felt valued when they were in his presence. He showed respect for other people by his words and by his actions. And I'd like to use the story that was read for us to illustrate what I'm saying about respect. Let's um, read together Luke chapter 7, 36 through 39. One of the Pharisees asked Jesus to come to his home for a meal. 
So Jesus accepted the invitation and sat down to eat. A certain immoral woman heard he was there and brought a beautiful jar filled with expensive perfume. Then she knelt behind him at his feet, weeping. Her tears fell on his feet, and she wiped them off with her hair. Then she kept kissing his feet and putting perfume on them. When the Pharisee, who was the host, saw what was happening and who the woman was, he said to himself, This proves that Jesus is no prophet. If God had really sent him, he would know what kind of woman is touching him. She's a sinner. Now in this story we find four signs of respect. And the first is, stop talking and listen. Stop talking and listen. In this story, what a wonderful listener Jesus was. He listened to the woman, and he listened to Simon the Pharisee so well that he read his thoughts. You look at this story, and you say, as far as I can tell, this woman never spoke. And you're right. She never utters a word, but Jesus listened to her. Wouldn't you agree that this woman was saying something to Jesus? Wouldn't you agree that listening goes beyond just hearing the words that another person says? It's seeing what's in their eyes. It's feeling what's in their heart. It's reading between the lines. It's listening in the moments of silence. This woman was speaking. She was speaking loudly in her tears and in washing and kissing the feet of Jesus. She had a message, and Jesus, it seems, was the only one who heard it. He was the only one listening to her. The Apostle Paul, in his second letter to the Corinthians, chapter 7 and verse 15, says, Titus remembers the way you listened to him and welcomed him with such respect and deep concern. Now, why did Titus feel respected? because of the way they welcomed him and listened to him. So the question is, are you a good listener? Would people around you say you're a good listener? Do people feel like you are fully present with them when they are with you? Or would they be just whispering under their breath, would you stop talking? Would you stop advising? Would you just stop and listen? You see, we need to stop talking for a minute and value and respect what someone else has to say. But a second sign of respect is keep your promises. Keep your promises. You tell someone you are going to do such and such, and they really want to believe you. But before you know it, you have broken your promise. If you look at this encounter between Jesus and the woman, you will find a remarkable promise being made to her. Jesus said, your sins are forgiven. And he kept his promise. Have you ever had someone break a promise to you? They told you that they were going to do something that was very important, and they didn't do it. Did that make you feel honored and respected, or did it make you feel discounted and disrespected? I read a story about an 18-year-old college student who wanted to be a pastor. One of his goals was to interview some of the leading pastors uh, in America. He called a number of them, but he could not get onto their schedule. 
He called a prominent pastor of a large megachurch in the Midwest, and he was able to get a lunch appointment with this pastor. And the student was thrilled. It just happened that the appointment was set the week after the 9-11 attack. And so on the morning of the appointment, the student got up before 6 a.m. to make the long drive to the church in time for lunch. After he had already been on the road for some time, the pastor's assistant called his home. The student's father answered, and the assistant said, the pastor was wondering if there was any way he could reschedule with your son. And the father said, well, my son is already on the road, and he'll be there in a few hours. He'll understand if you just explain it to him when he gets there. About 15 minutes later, the pastor himself called, and he said, I understand that your son is already on the road. I just want you to know that I've canceled all of my other commitments. I gave my word to your son, and I'm going to meet him for lunch. The student had a two-hour lunch interview with the, the pastor. Afterward, he drove the pastor back to his church and dropped him off. A staff person was standing by, and he walked over to the student and said, I don't know who you are, but I just want you to know that our pastor today had been asked to be on a nationally uh, broadcast radio program. He was asked to talk for two hours about the 9-11 tragedy and the spiritual dilemma in our nation right now. But he canceled that because he made a promise to you. The 18-year-old student said, I learned more about leadership and integrity in that moment than I did from all the things we talked about at lunch. Proverbs 25 and verse 14 says, People who promise things that they never give are like clouds and wind that bring no rain. So Jesus couldn't have been any clearer when he declared in Matthew chapter 5, 37, let your yes be yes and your no, no. So what you're saying here is keep your word. If you make a promise, do everything that you can do to keep your word. That's all that you have, your word, and your word should be a bond. People should be able to depend on you when you give your word. I think most of the time when we break our promises, we break them because we made those promises hastily. But have you ever noticed how valuable promises are to children? Kids really want us to keep our promises. As a matter of fact, if you make a commitment to them, they will ask you, promise? And you'll say yes. But that's not enough for them. So they will follow up with, hope to die. Yes, and that's still not enough for them. And so they'll follow up with, stick a needle in your eye. See, God models this idea for us because he keeps all of his promises. Every promise he has ever made, he has kept all the way through the Bible. In the book of Genesis, after the flood had destroyed the world, God told Noah, I will never again destroy the world with water. And to seal that promise, God said, I'll give you a sign. That sign will be a rainbow, and every time you see that sign, you'll remember my promise. A little further in Genesis, God makes a promise to um, Abraham and his, and his wife. He promised that they would have a baby. 
and from that child would come many nations, and the entire world would be blessed through their lineage. Think about it. A 100-year-old man and an 89-year-old woman having a baby. But at the right time, Isaac was born. God promised that he would send a savior who would forgive us of our sins and be our friend and comfort and guide. And he sent his son at just the right moment. We are told that when the time had fully come, God sent his son into the world. And when Jesus came, he made a promise that God would love us and forgive us and one day welcome us into heaven if we trusted him. He sealed this promise of love with his blood when he died on the cross. Every time we take the Lord's Supper, as we're going to do in a little while, we are reminded of that promise, and we feel valued and honored that the Son of God should do what he did for us. You and I show value and honor to others when we keep our promise to them. But the third sign of respect is yield your rights and serve others. That's difficult. Yield your rights and serve others. You see, you never feel respected when you are around people who want to be first in line, get all the attention, and have everybody waiting on them. But if someone puts aside their rights and give back in an act of service, you really feel like you matter to that person. The story in Luke chapter 7 is a picture of service to the Lord. Without a word, without mention of the value of her deed, without thinking of the expense or the demeaning nature of what she was doing, she came to the feet of God's Son and served him. First Corinthians, Second Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 15, Paul says, I will gladly spend myself and all I have for your spiritual good, even though it seems that the more I love you, the less you love me. Isn't that a beautiful verse? It's a serv- service is not scorekeeping. Our culture says, I do for you, now you owe me. I did this, now it's your turn to do that. We get into this tit for tat, back and forth, scorekeeping. But what does yielding and serving look like? It looks a whole lot like courtesy, common courtesy. Jesus drew a sharp comparison between the lack of courtesy that the Pharisee withheld and the courtesy that the woman gave. Jesus was just talking about fundamental courtesy. You see, we live in a society where common courtesy seems to be a thing of the past. Did you know that It is common courtesy when you receive an invitation which asks for an RSVP to respond. Oh, during my 35 years here, I've sent out many invitations, and um, I've been disappointed many times when very few people uh, responded, even though I asked them to call the church office or to to send a a note. But it's uh, sometimes a rare person who shows courtesy or respect by responding when they receive an invitation. Another issue is that a meeting is planned and half the people show up and the other half do not have the courtesy to call or let someone know that they can't make it. 
showing up late for meetings without calling to say that you will be late is also a lack of respect for those who show up on time. We all need to observe rules of courtesy and respect for one another as believers in Jesus Christ. We are not like the rest of the society. We are a group of um, people who have been called out by God to serve him and to be examples of what it means to be a member of the kingdom of God. Serving one another by doing our very best also reflects respect for them. When we do a deed of kindness, but we do it with a lot of reluctance, that's not really service. But when we do our best for others, it shows that they really do matter to us. The woman in the story didn't come with a that-will-do attitude. She probably had cheaper perfume, but she wanted to do for Jesus her very best. And this is one way we do show honor and respect for God. And um, those who have been listening to me over these 35 years know that I believe that whenever anything that we're doing for God should be done with excellence. We don't give God uh, leftovers. Uh, We don't um, do it simply because we want to do something. We do it if we can, and if we do it, we should be done well. Our God deserves the very best. Now, it is not like God expects to bring us to bring him something that's perfect. None of us can do that. But he does expect that we bring him our best. In Malachi chapter 1, 6 through 8, the Lord Almighty says to the priests, A son honors his father, and a servant respects his master. I am your father and master, but where are the honor and respect I deserve? You have despised my name. But you ask, how have we despised your name? You have despised my name by offering defiled sacrifices on my altar. Then you ask, how have we defiled the sacrifices? You defile them by saying the altar of the Lord deserves no respect. When you give blind animals as sacrifices, isn't that wrong? And isn't it wrong to offer animals that are crippled and diseased. See, what God is telling his people is that he's a God who deserves the very best. If you can't do the best that you can, then don't do it at all. These people in that day were uh, giving God the leftovers, the cattle that they, they didn't need because they were lame and ill. That's what they wanted to give to the Lord. But God expects the very best from us, his people. He gives us his best, and he requires that we give him our best as well. So God doesn't expect perfection. He knows we are incapable of giving that. But are you doing your best? Have you given any thought to what you gave in the offering today? Will what you give say to God, God, I really love you? Or when you're singing, do you give any thought to singing in such a way as if to say, God, you really do matter to me. Worship is about God, it's not about us. It's taking your eyes off self and looking at God. That's what service is. Service is about others. It's not treating people like they are here to meet your needs or advance your career or fulfill your dream. 
We are here to serve others, and that is called respect. But the fourth sign of respect is slow down and take time to see others like God does. To see others like God does. Romans chapter 12 and verse 16 in the message paraphrase, it says, Get along with each other. Don't be stuck up. Make friends with nobodies. Don't be the great somebody. And in the NIV translation, that same verse says, Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. Then Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 2, Be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other, making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. Most of us here are familiar with the word profiling. Minorities are often singled out by sometimes law enforcement officers, by government um, uh, officers in different places that you go for service, simply because of your race, color, language, or even faith. All of us here are guilty of profiling to some extent. We diminish people when, or we overlook people because they have certain physical characteristics or certain personal traits, or they come from a different economic background, or even from a different religious tradition. We sort of categorize and overlook and disrespect them in our minds. And we simply say they are less than we are. We may not say it out aloud, but there is that feeling there, that, that sense that we are better than they are because of um, their situation in life. We make those valid judgments all the time, and it's wrong. That's not the biblical way of acting. That's not what the, 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 the kingdom uh, rules are about. Everybody in the story we read saw the woman as an interruption at best and a prostitute at worst, but not Jesus. Jesus saw her as a worshiper, and he saw her as a daughter of Abraham, a member of his kingdom. And so he could grant her forgiveness because that is exactly what she, she wanted. As she, um, in penitence, um, washed his feet and, and anointed it to communicate her desire to be what God wanted her to be. Has there been a day in your life when you start to the morning with this prayer? Lord, help me to see every person I meet as you do today. People mattered to Jesus. He cared about every person that he met. If you want to know how much Jesus cares, just ask a certain man of Jericho who had been blind and sat by the wayside begging. Just ask Zacchaeus as he climbs down the sycamore tree and have Jesus accompany him home. How much does Jesus care? Just ask Martha and Mary as they stand at the graveside of their brother Lazarus who had been buried and see Jesus weeping. Just ask the Samaritan woman as she leaves her water pot at Jacob's well and runs into the town rejoicing. Just ask the man who had an infirmity for 38 years who had been carried to the pool of Bethesda year after year. Just ask the woman who had been taken in the act of adultery, whom the Pharisees and the scribes wanted to stone to death. But Jesus offered her 
forgiveness. Yes, Jesus cares. Just ask the multitudes who have been gloriously saved. Ask the millions who have been miraculously delivered from their sin. Ask the individuals who have been abundantly blessed and the great number who have been greatly comforted. Yes, Jesus cares. You can talk to him about anything and everything because he cares. You can place your absolute trust and confidence in him because he cares. You can go to him anytime and from any place because he cares. You are invited to cast all your cares upon him because he cares. And he will welcome you into his presence anytime because he cares. Yes, Jesus cares. He came to earth because he cared. He bore the cross because he cared. He shed his blood because he cared. He died for you and me because he cared. He rose from the grave because he cared. And he's coming back again because he still cares. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Thank you for joining us here at Hope and Faith Ministry, a broadcast of the historic People's Baptist Church in Boston. We pray that you have been touched and inspired by today's message. People's Baptist Church is a Christ-centered, caring church located at 134 Camden Street at the corner of Camden and Tremont Streets. Our Sunday services are at 8 a.m. and at 1045 a.m. You can reach us at 617-427-0424. Come visit us in person or on the web at www.pbcboston.org. And tune in every Saturday morning at 1030 for another inspiring message of hope and faith. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.